from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello, everybody from Podcast Land. This is Pete Sanchez, and with Mike Walsh, we are Talking Catholic, the official podcast of the Catholic community of South Jersey, telling the uh, stories of the faith movers, faith shakers, uh, in the uh, in the six southern counties of New Jersey on this first, last podcast of September, first podcast of autumn, officially. Mike, how are you today? I am well. We've, we've just entered into my favorite season of the year. I, I love autumn. And not because I'm into pumpkin spice anything, although I did have pumpkin spice uh, ravioli uh, on the first night of autumn, and it was delicious. Oh, my gosh. That I, sounds... Well, actually, I... I splurged. I picked up on butternut squash uh, primavera. I got butternut squash mac and cheese, and I, that's that's for me more so than pumpkin spice butternut mm-hmm. squash. I've never fa- just I've never fallen into the pumpkin spa- spice trap. But I was at a I was at a restaurant. It was on the special. It was uh, crab cakes and pumpkin spice uh, ravioli, and I was like, you know what? Uh, it's the first day of autumn, and I am not going to skip this. And I got to tell you something. It was, oh, no, it wasn't crab cakes. It was a maple-glazed salmon. So maple-glazed spa- oh salmon gosh. and pumpkin. It was it was fall. just exploded on my plate, <laughs> and it was delicious. Explosion. I'm, I'm even going to give him a free plug. Val's Seafood in, the, in Sewell. Um, okay. It was – I highly recommend it. It was delicious. That sounds – you know, you speak like a communicator. You're the explosion of fall. Come to Val's and explore the explosion <laughs> – See the explosion. Taste the explosion. All those things are absolutely true. It was a great meal. It was. Yeah. It was really. It was, it was. It was completely lost on our eight or nine year old son. But uh, my wife and I had a fantastic meal. Oh, that sounds. That well, I have to check that out. I love seafood. Um, mm-hmm. It has been unseasonably warm this past week and a half or so. Uh, even though we've been at fall, but the last couple of days today, today especially, has been all like inching into inching into fall. It is. We're uh, we're stepping into fall here, and and actually, you know, before we get too far into the uh, thing, I just I just want to mention we had a great. You weren't able to go yesterday, but we had a fantastic event yesterday. Um, the 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 Vatican and the USCCB and and or the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops, as well as the Diocese of Camden and every diocese around the world, uh, kicked off the Share the Journey campaign, which is basically. Uh, uh, an initiative by the Holy Father so that uh, encouraging all Catholics, not just the diocesan leadership, but all Catholics to embrace refugees and migrants in their communities. And uh, Bishop Dennis Sullivan in, in the Diocese of Camden, um, he attended uh, Catholic Charities Share the Journey event, which was just wonderful. I'm and very thankful to the media, uh, particularly Phaedra Trethan at uh, the Courier Post, who uh, wrote just a fantastic article. Mary McCusker for the Catholic Star Journal wrote an, an outstanding article as well. Uh, but for, for Phaedra, she included some video. So if you get a chance, go to the Courier Post's uh, website and look up uh, Phaedra's article. Because uh, I work with the refugees on a semi-regular basis. So, But the way she recounted what, it, what the event was like, I will tell you, it might have gotten a little misty in the room as I was uh, reading the article. So she did a great job. Mary did a great job, so I encourage anyone who might be listening, you know, that uh, to really read up about the Share the Journey initiative by the Vatican, and uh, and you know, go out of your way to be a little bit more, you know, 
cognizant of what these refugees have gone through to to come to the United States and what they deal with when they're in the United States. They're they're amazing stories, and the people we met yesterday were really. <laughs> the kind of thing as i often refer to myself as a jaded pr guy but let's just say it cut it cut right through the jaded pr guy's cold heart uh to to hear the stories about uh what they went through to get here and and what it means to them to be able to live in the united states now after coming through coming from such hardship and and more torn areas yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry i couldn't make it uh i was busy in the office but uh, I know I've shared it with some listeners, uh, my refugee story with my family coming from Cuba. And whenever I hear of the great work the Catholic Charities does and what the Pope is doing with, on, on behalf of refugees, it's, uh, it's heartwarming for me because I've heard the stories so much from my grandparents and my father and my aunts and uncles. And these stories that are now... They're just the same as 50 years ago, 50, 60 years ago now. Yeah, and you, you know, the stories you – I was thinking about this today. We were in a meeting, and they were referring to the Vietnamese community. And the thing is, in I remember in the 70s, Vietnamese refugees really had it tough in the United States. You know, coming out of the Vietnam War, there was a lot of Vietnamese hatred. And now you see something similar happening with uh, the Muslim refugees uh, coming out of the Middle East uh, issues, the Middle East uh, wars, the Middle East, you know, uh, so much stuff going on. You can't really define it with just one word, but all the troubles in the Middle East, to use an Irish yeah. reference. Um, you know, these people have really gone through a lot. And yeah. God, they don't. They're just such wonderful people. They, the the, Bur, the Burmese, for instance, the Burmese uh, uh, refugees uh, offered, and God bless them, Bishop Dennis Sullivan accepted this beautiful uh, brocade uh, vest uh, that is uh, significant in their culture. Now, Bishop Dennis Sullivan is your typical American. Uh, bigger fella the burmese are very much smaller folks and but he wedged himself into that thing and he looked great and he stood with the rest of the burmese in their traditional yeah. clothing and it was absolutely wonderful so uh oh, okay. you know, oh yeah it's a great it's on the front page of the catholic star herald this week so if you get a chance yeah. uh check it out but um but anyway i i digress but something to consider so uh what what other announcements do we have coming up this week pete well um this Sunday, October 1st, Mike, is the annual Life Chain event. Uh, come out and support Life. Uh, it's going to be having Atlantic County, Camden County, basically all the, uh, the six counties of New Jersey, Atlantic, Camden, Cape May, Cumberland, Gloucester, and Salem County, all these different places. Uh, so come out and support Life. Uh, and you can find more information uh, about Life Chains in this area. Go to lifechain.net or uh, call the state director, Camille Bates, 908-387-0001. And that is put on by the Diocese of Camden's Life and Justice Ministries. Um, Respect Life Sunday is October 1st, this Sunday. Uh, so just uh, get the word out about the um, about the dignity and uh, dignity and uh, respect that, that for all that should that. It, Exists for all life. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Mike. Yeah, they. Uh, you know, it's uh, just to touch on that a little bit. I did a li they did a life chain at Roan University a couple of years ago. They're going to do another one this this year as well. And having that run straight through a state college um, was something that I was a little nervous about. Not sure, you know, 
certainly a very secular area. I was there taking photographs that day, and so many people were driving by and honking in support of the people out there. It's not a protest. It's 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 a it's an op- it's basically a promotional opportunity to to show Catholic respect, life, beliefs, and uh, and there were a lot of people who were very supportive of that as they were driving by. So if there's one in your community or near your community, I encourage you to attend. Yeah, it's. Uh it's really something I go to the, I, um, it's just a beautiful, prayerful, sacred day, mm-hmm. uh, that I love. And then coming up actually less than two weeks, Mike, uh, justice for all dinner. Yeah, no. In Atlantic City. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. I did a walkthrough of the facility uh, two days ago. A resorts Hotel. At Resorts Hotel, and it is going to be an excellent event. Resorts, uh... Yeah, I know. You know, you, you might have some reservations about doing this the casino with a Catholic charities event, but we do a ton of work in Atlantic City. It is a perfect venue. Uh, when um, when the issue started to happen with the unions in in Atlantic City, it was Catholic charities and the parish in that area that was helping. Uh, Folks in the union deal with, you know, uh, sustainability issues in their own, you know, as they were trying to to uh, make ends meet. We work with the state in human trafficking issues, which is a big problem in Atlantic County and particularly Atlantic City. Uh, we're still supporting people who have been affected by Superstorm Stan- Sandy. There's a refugee and immigration office in Atlantic City. And, uh, and of course, all the you know, normal poor and marginalized services that we offer in uh, Atlantic City proper. So it's great that actually where we've moved this from Gloucester County to Atlantic City. Uh, and it's a great venue, and it's going to be very nice. It's going to be very reserved. Uh, it's not like some glitzy show. So if you can, uh, you know, it's uh, pretty much got the sponsorships, but if you want to sponsor it, it's great. But it's a great ticket to come to as well. It's $125, and we'll be supporting or we'll be honoring Cardinal Joe Tobin, a uh, good friend of Pope Francis. He'll be there that day, as well as five local disciples of mercy uh, from all around the county. Actually, it's Four Disciples of Mercy and a small group from uh, the Glassboro area, uh, some gardeners who uh, do great to support their community. Um, So come out and and see them and and support Catholic Charities. And if they want tickets, how do they get a hold of it? Well, they can go to www.catholiccharitiescamden.org slash JFA2017. JFA2017. So that'll be – I'm just excited. It's always been such a great event. And now this year with Atlantic City, great things are happening there. I know we have the sisters, Franciscan sisters in renewal on recently. Oh, yeah, and there's that and too. There, it's just such a revival down there. It's a Catholic revival. Yeah, revival. you know, people have wondered if Atlantic City's on hard times, and it's it's certainly not in the golden age, but it is it is on the upswing. So uh, I think it's, it's that for that reason as well, it's good timing that the, the event has moved there. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, go out and get your tickets and meet. Pete and I as well. We'll be there too. Yeah, that's that October 11th, 5.30 p.m. at Resorts Hotel in Atlantic City. Uh, that's Thursday, October 11th, right? Wednesday. Wednesday, October 11th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike, we have something coming up that I'm proud to um, talk about. Uh, Theology on Tap is back. That's right. October 17th. I'm not old enough to, I'm too old to attend, but it's some, one of my favorite things. 
Well, I heard a certain, uh, a certain. Oh no, I I weaseled my way in. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I weaseled my way in. Yours so truly, if uh, well, we'll go into what it is, but uh, yours truly will be the moderator of the uh, the MC of that, that event that night, and I'm looking very, I'm very pleased that the uh, that Greg Coogan invited me to to MC. Man, may the Lord help us all. I know, because there's going to be a lot of sarcasm. <laughs> and a, no. lot of, a lot of Pete commentary. So yeah. come, come for the Pete commentary. Yeah, oh, it's going to be um, really great. It's going to be Tiranog, Eastern Road, and Cherry Hill. Uh, the Theology on Tap is a series um, that I'm proud to be a core team member of. And a little later, our speaker, uh, our guest today, is on the core team as well. And so that's – it's um, – it's a great night, you know. Come out for twenty and thirty something, thirty somethings. Uh, and do you have fellowship? And, and do you have who uh, the the presenters are? Because I won't yeah. be the presenter. No, no. Um, it's going to be uh, guest speakers: Gabriella Fermato, uh, director of community relations, and Jim Manfredonia, the founder of Domestic Church Media. Uh, they're going to be talking. This topic will be my it's Awesome! It's right up our alley. Oh, Miracles yeah. in the media. That's right. We, fake news to Catholic media. The fact that this, this podcast exists is a miracle in the media. <laughs> they're, they're, we're a shining example. <laughs> True words have never been spoken, <laughs> my friend. Um, and they, yeah, the domestic church media, uh, Gabriella and Jim, they're going to talk about the importance of Catholic media um, and how we can share the joy of the gospel. And mm-hmm. They're fellow workers in the vineyard, so to speak. So they I'm very, and they're wonderful people. I was yeah. up there um, a couple of years ago, and they are joy. They really are. If I that, can think about that. There's joy, and yeah, it's really they, they inspire me. I'm very excited to hear. You know, I consider them colleagues. Absolutely, they're colleagues. They're, we're on the we're all broadcasters, so uh, yeah, you know, we do it internet only. They do it over the radio. But I also, I mean, if you go on their Facebook page, uh, they always have their. Friday night, Friday live uh, video yeah. uh, video podcast. Essentially, it's a video of them on the radio, uh, which I cannot not watch. It's like it's anytime they're on, they because it's they have a nice. Even though Jim is older and Gabrielle is younger, they have mm-hmm. such great chemistry together, and uh, it's yeah. they're fun to listen to. And it's funny. Um, I'll just say one thing uh, quick. We tried to get Gabrielle on the theology on that core team. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just said she was really busy. But then I found out she was actually a talker. Like, I'll take it. There you go. You know, if we can't have her, you know, yeah. hopefully she comes back. Um, so after all of that, we had, this is now, I would like to apologize to our guests and to the listeners. This is now officially our longest intro ever. We're at 14, uh, 14 minutes and 30 seconds. We just, uh, we just had to do a couple of digressions there. So Pete, who do we have with us today? Well, I'm, I'm happy to call her a friend of mine, uh, Kimberly Pizotsky. She is a youth director is at St. Mary Mount Carmel. And, Mike, we're on the road. We forgot to mention we are oh, on the right. road we're to Hamilton of, right now. Out of the vault. Uh, out of the vault. And we are St. Mary Mount Carmel uh, Parish, Hamilton, with Kimberly Pizotsky. Kimberly, how are you? Very well. Thanks so much, Pete. And how are um, – so what's uh, – What's going on at this parish? Uh, what's going on with your youth group? I understand you actually got something really cool coming up this Saturday. Yeah, so our big kickoff event is this Saturday, where we have a free afternoon of paintball at Gear Up Paintball here in Hamilton. So this is for open for both of our tracks. We uh, are just starting a junior youth track, which actually begins today, uh, shortly after 
our interview. Uh, we have, we're going to be serving 5th through 7th grade. We also serve 8th through 12th grade. We also have a RCIA program that's designed uh, specifically for younger people, those that are in high school or early 20s. Uh, it's a little more age appropriate for them. And yeah, it's, it's definitely been a beautiful experience. A hard work, but a beautiful experience. And how long have you held this position? I'm going into my, let's see, I think I'm about two and a half years. Oh, plenty of time to know all the all the easy stuff and all the hard stuff. All <laughs> it's right. a work in progress, that's for sure, yeah. <laughs> and we're, in, we're actually in the youth, I guess you call it a youth center? The youth lounge. The youth lounge, can you describe it for, I mean... Too bad we can't get video. I mean, actually, I was just thinking I would love to lounge down here. This is a great foosball table, TV, couches. Yeah. So yeah, we like it a lot. We uh, started off in here in the parish center uh, in the upstairs. We had a much smaller room, and by the grace of God, our ministry really grew, and we just grew out of the room. So we now are have the basement, full range of the basement. So we've turned that into. A full out, I like to say it's like a teenager's room, you know, mm -hmm. the couches, the futons, the Christmas lights, and uh, it's great. I think it's an environment where the teens feel comfortable, they feel safe, and they feel like it's theirs. Uh, the sessions are open not just to our designated times, but our teens, especially the ones that I know well, they know that as long as I'm here working, they can use this lounge, come and do their homework. They can spend time here. If they need to talk, I'm here. It's just a safe place for them to come, and uh, we're really grateful for it. And talking about the youth, uh, like teenagers room, instead of the typical um, LeBron James or One Direction posters, you have more like the rock stars, the Catholic rock stars, like Mary, Jesus, Padre Pio, St. John Paul II. It's nice. You, It's... Uh, and books and, and statues, it's really other. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in uh, the holy images and how uh, powerful they are. For some of our teens, they may have never even seen, or maybe they have very little in their own home. So our pictures here, my favorite is the uh, Pope John Paul II. If you notice, his eyes are alive. <laughs> they move. Oh, wow. <laughs> I say that jokingly, of course, but the painting is done so well that uh, his eyes really do seem like they, they follow you. And I, I like that picture a lot because he has such a, a loving grin on his face. And uh, I think that's consoling for, for the teens. So we do our best to post their newspaper articles all over the place so this way they can see when they're in the paper and all the work that they do. And, uh, yeah, we're really grateful for it. Gives me a kick up because I wrote up the one. No. <laughs> and we appreciate it. <laughs> no. So, um, Kimberly, you've told me a bit about your, your – you have a very interesting faith journey. Can you just share, like, your discernment process? I, I, is that the best word? Like, sure. How – Talk about how you've come to where you are right now. To this point, absolutely. So I never saw myself in youth ministry. Uh, I actually was in healthcare for, gosh, I want to say 10 years maybe, uh, maybe 12. kind of forget now. It's been a little while. But uh, for six of those years, I worked for a facility called Bancroft NeuroHealth. I worked with the mentally, severely, severely mentally uh, disabled. That was a wonderful experience. I learned a lot. Um, from there, I worked for a nursing and respiratory care facility for another uh, six, six years or so, give or take. And uh, throughout that entire time, my faith was always extremely important to me, the most important aspect of my life. And through each year, I, begot, I became more and more involved in the church. 
had taught CCD for, I want to say, maybe 12 years, maybe a little more than that. Uh, I was always familiar with the younger grades, though. I felt more comfortable with the younger grades. Uh, during that time, I even discerned my own vocation uh, and considered the religious life. I actually tried very, very hard. I saw a number of different religious orders, and uh, it just came to be that that wasn't the Lord's call for me, but it was such a beautiful experience, and I felt like I got to see firsthand the fruit of people's prayers. So many parishes pray that prayer before Mass for the uh, discernment prayer for vocations, and a lot of these retreats I went on, there were 70 women out there, 80 women on these retreat weekends. Uh, the Dominican sisters in Michigan in particular, I went out there one time for a weekend retreat, and I believe there were 80 women present for this discernment weekend retreat. Uh, they had to call in the local, I guess, army base for, to borrow sleeping bag, bags to accommodate them all. And I just remember thinking at that time, this is the fruit of everyone's discernment prayers, but a lot of that stuff doesn't reach the news, so it's not like we can see that. So from there, uh, I was asked to do, uh, there was a big change in my job. Uh, it was really wonderful. I really enjoyed it. And uh, management had changed. And with that, the business had really changed. And it just wasn't something I was satisfied with anymore. So I felt God calling me to something different. And I was approached about this job in particular. Uh, my first response was no, because I didn't think that I would be good at it. So um, I was asked again. And I prayed about it, and I asked the Lord that if this was his desire, to please give me a desire in my own heart to do this, because I didn't see myself working uh, with teens. I always enjoyed the, the younger kids. And lo and behold, um, he did give me the desire. It was confirmed, and I began working here, and uh, it's has beyond my expectations. It's been wonderful. Uh, challenging. It is challenging working with teens. Anyone that knows that, anyone that works with teens knows that. However, to see them grow and to see them grasp it and to see them develop into a relationship with God uh, is one of the greatest um, treasures, and I, I really, really enjoy that aspect of it. And about how many kids do you have altogether? So uh, numerous people have asked that question. It's difficult to say how many kids because we do so many different events. Mm -hmm. So depending on our trip or our typical faith sessions, which run weekly, I would say we've probably had a hundred kids come through our doors, not necessarily on the same particular uh, event, but it's always different. It really depends um, on what it is that we're doing. We have weekly faith, faith sessions, and then, like I said, we do little local mission trips around. So, but we, we get a good crowd. We have a core team of 10 teens. That is really establishing. We just uh, appointed officers last week. So this gives our core teens uh, just a deeper leadership role, and it also gives them more ownership over the program to come up with ideas and have their own input, which they really seem to flourish with. And uh, they approach me on different things that they discuss, that which I really like because it gives them the uh, more reins over the program. And uh, it's been going really well. You know, it's it's good to hear because we've we've interviewed a couple of youth uh, 
ministry leaders, and they've often said the exact same thing, that uh, giving that, uh, turning over some of that responsibility to the young people themselves, you know, elevates their interest and energy and keeps them a part of it. And and I I think it certainly sounds like, uh, you know, some of your challenges are the same challenges as others face is, you know, people kind of come in and come out and they want to be here for the things they want to be and then maybe not for the things they don't want to be. And, And Pete and I are in a couple of different uh, kinds of uh, organizations and even at the adult level you you find that so it's nice to see that our our young people are are modeling our own bad behavior but um the uh it's it but it is it's it's difficult so you know for you you know how do you like what sort of tricks or tips do you have for like keeping that interest up so that's always the challenge is new ideas exciting ideas i probably spend most of the time with with all the different facets of the ministry, there's the most time spent coming up with new ideas and looking for engaging ways, you know, new activities, things that they're learning, but they also want to come as well. Because it's this isn't a CCB program where they're required to be here. Mm-hmm. This is totally at free will. So there has to be something that brings them back. I'm a firm believer in uh, solid prayer and teaching them how to pray. So uh, we've worked up to the rosary. We didn't start it off with it initially, but at our weekly sessions, we do end with the rosary. And uh, I've seen a big success with that. I see them grow. That's not by anything of my own doing. It's just the fruit of the prayer. If you can teach a teen to pray, that's it. There's no limit. There is no limit to where they can go because now they're opening up their own communication lines with God. And that just breaks down everything. The other aspect that is more on me is sincerity. I've learned that if the team, if they trust you, that's everything. They have to be able to trust you. So I do the best I can to be very, very sincere with them and very much what you see is what you get. And uh, I really try and uphold that because I notice that the benefit of being sincere and just being yourself and being honest and open with them at all times is they will share their life with you, the good and the bad. And the bad is important because that's the aspect that has to be changed and, and you know, hopefully come into something good. So when you have a team that's comfortable enough to share whatever it is that they're going through, then you can really help them. Can you speak a bit about Hamilton? What's Hamilton like? What's sure. So, uh, so I live in Williamstown. So... I did come here for my freshman year of high school at St. Joe's, so it's not entirely new to me. But every town has their own, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but every town is a little bit different. And this town in particular is very close-knit. A lot of people are born and raised here, and they stay here. So most people know each other or know of other people, and it's a very, very close-knit town. So uh, that being said, when I started there was a, a small uh, core group of kids, but they were uh, moving on to St. Augustine Prep. So I figured I probably wouldn't have much contact with them after that. Our first youth meeting was me and one teen. So you can imagine how awkward that was. And uh, But we got through it, and he's still one of my most faithful teens to this day. And he comes to all of our events. So from there, we, we really started from scratch. And we've grown. And I think... Uh, it is a lot of word of mouth where the kids get excited about something and they invite a friend. But it's not just the St. Joe school system that we serve here. We actually serve, uh, we have more teens from the public school system, which is Hamilton. 
We also serve uh, Mullica, Winslow, and we have some homeschoolers as well, and some from Buna. So they come from the surrounding area, and it's just really grown. It's It's been really well. Uh, I'm happy with how they respond. I'm happy to see them blossom and even to give this opportunity so that they get to meet other teens that they wouldn't normally meet because they're in different yeah. schools. So that's really helped a lot with the program. You know, in your time here, you, you've had your own discernment background. Um, do you talk to the kids about that? And have there have anyone ever approached you about maybe their own calling that they might have might have heard? So uh, the kids are familiar with my my discernment story, and I do share that. And uh, I try and encourage them as well if I see something in them. And also try and take away that initial fear. I think anyone that feels a possible call to religious life, there's always an initial fear of, oh, what I'll have to give up. You know, we don't think often of what I'll gain mm-hmm. or, or what the Lord will, will, will open me up to and how rewarding it'll be. So uh, I actually just got married this summer in June. And my husband and I got married at this church here in St. Joseph's. One of the reasons being so that I can invite all the youth ministry teens and their families. Obviously, we couldn't invite them to the reception, but at least to the mass. And that intention was so that they could see uh, the sacrament of marriage and people getting married in the church. Because I think so many people today kind of forget that or they want to get married in uh, on location or right. you know right. vacation sites and things like that. And for a Catholic, it's really important that vacations are great, but that's for the honeymoon. You know, and when it comes to the sacrament, why not like why not engage in the sacrament and have God present and and to do it at mass? So I was really happy that so many of them came with their families, and they witnessed us getting married, and we were able to show that aspect of a vocation um, to get married in the church, and I felt that that was really important for them. That's so, wonderful, actually. Yeah. That, I'm really glad that you did that because you're absolutely right that the sacramental elements of some of those more High profile, high profile cultural moments in our lives. Um, you know, they're usually hidden behind walls. That was that was so generous of you to invite your invite your youth to that, and yeah. so they could see. Because I mean, I would I'm, I'd go so far as to say most young people don't get invited to weddings as a because it's always like yeah, adults only or the, because of the reception or something like that. Uh, I'm trying to think. Aside from being a ring bearer when I was very young, <laughs> I don't think I went to a wedding until. Jeez, I was probably 22 by the time I actually saw. Well, maybe not that old, but mm-hmm. but in the vicinity, yeah, late late high school, early college, before I went mm-hmm. to a wedding. I could also be that nobody invited me, but <laughs> we'll, my, we'll, we'll see. My earliest memory of a wedding, and all I remember of it was throwing rice. Oh, really? Aunt's wedding. Yeah, I was probably like four or five years old. And now you'll never see that again because they they don't let you throw rice anymore. Exactly. I don't know. Did did you have the bubbles or actually? Bubbles uh, the, or? So every I guess every every parish has their different rules. We weren't allowed to do bubbles or rose petals or anything oh, like that, uh, which is fine with me because I wasn't really concerned about that anyway. But like you said, Mike, I was grateful, and I had that same thought that you said about I I wondered how many of them had been to a wedding yet because they're still young. And I remember when they opened the doors, because I didn't know who would be here and who wouldn't, we actually made up uh, invitations just for the church so so that they could come and they felt invited. And when they opened the doors, I remember thinking, this church holds about 7,800 people here in St. Joseph's. And I felt like the whole church was full. 
Yeah. And obviously, there weren't that many people coming to the reception as that holds the church because uh, we can never afford, you know, seven, eight hundred people at the reception. But uh, to open the doors and see that and so many of the kids, the teens being there, I, I was filled with joy. That made me really, really happy. And uh, I was so glad that they came out to support us and to watch us get married. And, you know, that's a, that's a probably a good learning uh, best practice tool for – no, actually – something that we should probably encourage folks is as church leaders and you're a leader in this parish, you know, we're leaders in, in the diocese. Um, uh, you know, there is a responsibility to show how, you know, the, the church exists in your personal life, because if we're not modeling this for other people, be they children or adults, uh, you know, nobody's going to see it. You know, yeah. it's, it is important that, that we live our lives and invite people in like that. So, you know, for instance, back in the day when you could still have monsignors, you know, seeing seeing the the, the ceremony for a, for a priest to become a monsignor in the parish used to be a really big event, and it brings everyone together, and it's, it's a cool moment um, for us. You know, we get to see ordinations on a regular basis. Every Catholic in the diocese should make an effort to. Not necessarily every year, but on a couple of times, go to to see a priest ordination or a diaconate ordination, whether it's permanent or transitional. Um, you know, because those are beautiful moments of of ceremony um, where you get a, a fuller idea of what it is to be Catholic and to live out that Catholic vocation. So that 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 really blows me away. That's absolutely. I'm I'm. I'm not usually speechless. Very good. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm very I agree happy with here. what you're saying exactly because my discernment experience and seeing it going on the weekends that I went on when I was looking at religious life, I, I would encourage every young girl to do that. Even if they're not certain, the experience of it alone, just to be with the nuns and the sisters of different orders and experience their joy. It mm. is something out of this world, truly, yeah. Yeah. truly, especially the young and thriving orders. And uh, it's a beautiful experience. It's one that I'll treasure for the rest of my life. And I'm so grateful that God gave me the courage to do that. Yeah. And so, and that's something that we hear on a, another thing we hear on a regular basis is, so, you know, from Father Romano and the seminarians and the sisters we've all, uh, and the priests we've been, we've uh, met with, they've all said the same thing. Like, actually slightly different than yours, which was, oh, I didn't want to do it. I, I was like, they, people would always recommend it to me. I'm not going to be a priest. And then they would fight it mm-hmm. tooth and nail. And then one day they kind of realize, and, and each of them said the exact same thing that we've ever spoken to. You got to ask, you got to like, so exactly. you make people aware of your own story and whether that leads them to a vocation of marriage or a vocation of religious life. Um, you know, that ask is there. You're living that ask on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if you, you know, I, I say this to the listeners, you know, if you know somebody in your life that you think has perhaps a calling, it could be that you're the calling. That God is going to work through you as the, as the person to suggest it. I think my wife, not that she second guesses our marriage. I'm not saying that. But there was a priest in our life um, that, that was actually died before he had the opportunity to, to officiate our wedding. Um, but he he would always have to look at me cross-eyed because he was certain that she should have been a nun and that I was fouling things up. And perhaps I did. <laughs> But, um, but because I, you know, sometimes I think about it and, you know, I'm like, you know what, I, I kind of see what he was saying about that. Cause she has her, her faith is so much better than mine. Her, her religious life is so much better than mine. Her prayer life is so much better than mine. Uh, and, and her vision is so good that I, I now understand what he meant. 
Um, I don't think she regrets the decision to be married, to become married and uh, have a child w- with me. But um, I can definitely see where, where it would have been good. So if you see someone in your life, even if they choose to go a different route, uh, it's worth it's worth the effort. And, you know, in your own case, you know, Father Romano, the head of vocations, um, when someone goes down that path and then ultimately chooses not to become a priest or religious, that's still the benefit is to the there's still a benefit to the Catholic faith in general that they've had the opportunity. They've had the experience that they carry with them. for their, So in his case, for for seminarians, he knows that even if they're not a priest, he knows they're going to be a fine Catholic gentleman. Um, and you know, I know a couple of former seminarians and I haven't run into one yet that isn't a fine Catholic gentleman Mm -hmm. afterwards and very supportive. I think also with young people, the important thing that I've experienced that I can share is that as much as we discern the religious life, so do they discern us. Mm -hmm. I think I had this mentality of, you know, all I heard about was this vocation crisis. And I think they, I had this mentality that they would just take anyone they could get, but that's not the case at all. They very much make sure that God is in fact calling you because if he's not, they don't want you to choose that vocation Mm -hmm. because that's not what God called you to. And I fell in love with the Sisters of Life. I saw them three times. And I was waiting for an application. And then I sat down with Mother uh, Agnes, I believe her name is. And she actually looked at me for a good long while. And she said, I think God has a man for you. And that's what she said. And at yeah. first I, did, I wanted to reject it because I was so set on that idea. But it wasn't my idea. It's God's idea. And lo and behold, her, she was right. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's interesting. It's funny the way this conversation can organically developed because when you when we introduced you and you talked about your coming here you were asked to do it you said no then you were asked again for some reason that painting by Caravaggio the call of St. Matthew came in my head Bishop Sullivan's favorite painting he actually when he was installed as bishop he was given uh he was given that painting and it just made me think have you seen are you familiar with that the call of St. Matthew mm-hmm. Where Jesus is like, Jesus is pointing at Matthew, the tax collector, and Matthew just has a befuddled look. I think he points to himself, Mike, am I right? Mm -hmm. And he's just, it's like, who, me? And it's just, it made me think, you know, in that, in your humility, you know, you didn't think, but then you realized, yes, and you're thriving here. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, I'm gonna have to look that up. Thanks, Pete. I still ask Paul. God, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you wanted me down here? <laughs> but that's the that's the beauty of discernment. That's why it's a year's process. It was also why um, you know marriage prep should be a year's process, and there should be a long time of dating before that because this is not a simple decision. You know, uh, my wife and I were friends first, and and then uh, we actually had a, a semi short uh, um, engagement. For, it was a nine-month engagement because I thought I was going back to teaching and needed to get it done before uh, before the school year started. Um, but uh, but no, you know, and that's something I'm when I talk to the, the family life folks um, who will have on in a future podcast at some point. Uh, you know, you really do have to think about these things, and and so your marriage, your married. I mean, seeing the event itself is certainly beautiful, but also you know, for them to know that there was a lot of thought and interest that went into this. I think that's great. And too often we don't talk, I think, with kids enough about, you know, marriage prep. Like at an early age, you know, everyone thinks about the event and having babies and where they're going to live. But, man, learning to live with each other and learning to, you know, are you on the same page? 
it's not easy. And it's, it's good for them to know that it's not easy. And I will say, I've witnessed Kimberly and her husband, Mark, who is an awesome guy. Both of them, both of you are just amazing people. I can't stop saying the word amazing. I just say awesome, fantastic, inspiring. And, but no, Mark, they are around. Like Mark and Kimberly are, they go to a lot of different events together with the youth. Like they're so present and you just see their love and you see their commitment and respect for each other. And that's really beautiful to see. So not just in the wedding, um, they were familiar with Mark, I think, back in the fall. Mm-hmm. Last fall with your amazing, he was around. Yes. So that visible presence, the two of you, and at Summer in the City, too, it was beautiful to see you two with your testimony about meeting. And it's just such a beautiful witness, your your relationship with him. It's just so, and that's, it's not just they came to your wedding and then they hear about Mark but don't see him. No, he comes around a lot and he contributes and he has just as much passion as you do for this kind of work. And that's probably also helpful. Thanks so much, Pete. I imagine that's helpful in the work too. To, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And Mark is great with the, the guys because me being a girl, it's our woman, it's, it's important that the young guys have a male that they can look up to. And uh, so not that he can be here all the time because he can't, but when he is, he's able to be here. And I think that uh, he's just another example of a faithful Catholic man. And he's athletic, he's down to earth, he's got a great personality. Uh, he jokes around with them, they're comfortable with him. And uh, so he's, he's a really great example for the young guys here uh, when he's able to be around and, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, to talk about the young people, we, Pete and I are big fans of the uh, Theology on Tap, and you're, yes. you're a core member for that as well. Yes, so, year, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, coming into it, do you have ideas about, you know, what you'd like to see in the upcoming? Actually, you know, maybe it'd be better if, let's, let's recap what Theology on Tap is, Pete. Uh, well, Theology on Tap is national program in our diocese. It's been probably about 10 years it's a monthly speaker series where young adults, single, married, 20s and 30s can come. Uh, it's uh, primarily at a brew house, mm. uh, pub. Uh, you can enjoy your Guinness or for you, Mike, what would it be? A whiskey? Well, Guinness is always on the list, but yes. uh, a scotch or whiskey would scotch be good Scotch or whiskey, too. so you can enjoy your scotch, whiskey, Guinness. But I'm not invited. I'm over 40. so No, I'm well, not. maybe... You're going to be MC, so that's true. We'll have a drink. I want, I'll have a drink in hand. Um, and it's a really nice time to meet new people, you know, or catch up with uh, friends and share spirituality. We've had uh, Father James King talked about his. Uh, he's, uh, I guess, the term is is by ritual. He's both Western and oh, right. Western Church, and he can celebrate in the Eastern Orthodox. Mm-hmm. Parish. We've had an Eastern Orthodox Church. We've had individuals talking about. Uh, we've had a young adult panel uh, talk about their lives. We've had Kimberly. You have actually uh, you spoke last year and about your faith journey. And we had um, Miss Olympian uh, uh, Frederick Priscilla Priscilla Frederick. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, who inspiring story last year. So it's a monthly series. We took off for the summer, but we're back this month. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Kimberly sort of so yeah having been a presenter last year and I'm assuming attended once or twice maybe before um you know coming into it now as a member of the core team what are you hoping to see you know over the course of the next year to seven so I'm excited about being on the core team any anytime you have a dynamic speaker I think that's really what it comes down to uh you know you can have a dynamic speaker when when they're passionate about what they talk about, and obviously it's it's related to our faith, that can change someone's life. It really can, and uh, I think this it's important that uh, you have to have somebody that knows how to how to tell a story mm-hmm. almost, or knows how to to just really uh, you know engage a crowd. I think that's really important in a setting like that. You never know who you're reaching outside of the people that are there, the people that are serving, the people that are working there. You don't know who's listening. And I think that's really important. So uh, a couple of things that I was really impressed with uh, was I read the book Left to Tell, Immaculate Libiza, and I think uh, getting her story out, sharing her story, I think is phenomenal. Uh, I think that that's very important to share with people. So that was something I was, you know, thinking as a possible idea for this year. I also think um, a witness of... Someone in uh, recovery from drugs and alcohol, it's the time that we're in, mm-hmm. and uh, it's becoming an epidemic. And I think that someone that has substantial clean time and that is also deeply involved in their faith, I think would be really powerful in this day and age. And uh, I think it's a message that needs to be heard. So there are some of the ideas that I'm hoping that we can well, those are good. Play. And you're absolutely right. A, a, an event like that needs a good dynamic speaker. And unfortunately, sometimes people who write great books and... and you get them out there, and it's just not dynamic. <laughs> I, I, I am not a. I never want to be the. I, I don't mind moderating, and I'll sit on a panel, but I could never hold the attention of a group for forty-five <laughs> minutes on my own. Uh, so I know where my limitations are. I think it's important to say with theology on tap is we are not going to check to see if you've been to mass recently. Come as you are. Yeah. Uh, yes. Sometimes I think some people are like, "Oh, I haven't gone to mass. I can't go." No. Please come. We want you to come. We put flyers in gyms. We put flyers different uh, where uh, the young adults congregate. We, we want them come this, as you Yeah, are. this is geared to the people who are not necessarily – well, even those who – it's open to everybody in the sense that if you're questioning your faith, this is yeah. a perfect place to go exactly. because you can be around other people who may have similar questions. Uh, you may be – or if you're a person who's so invested in your faith, however – you can't find people your own age. You find yourself gravitating to the folks who are significantly older than you because they're the only ones that share that faith. I guarantee you will find someone at this at Theology on Tap event that is as passionate about their faith as you are, uh, along sitting alongside that person who's questioning their faith. And having the two of you together in a room is beautiful. I mean, I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, but in those during those my own not that I questioned my faith time. But during that time period as a young Catholic where you tended to like, oh, well, I don't need to quite go to Mass this week. And, oh, you know, the Catholic Church isn't right about that. Um, that It was good that my wife introduced me to this group of people who really helped reform my faith. I, I've, I've, it's, I've made it quite public that my, my parents did a great job. I have no problems with my Catholic teaching. But when I look at my faith formation as a young person versus someone like Pete or Joanna Gardner, who was a former uh, communications manager of Catholic Charities, um, these people are their, – their formation is so outshines mine. But it's true. But it's – but this group of people that my wife in my, in my mid-20s introduced me to 
made all the difference in the world. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for those five people. And th- and thank God they were in my life. So, uh, you know, thank you, Byerly Brothers. They were <laughs> Father Byerly Brothers. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And we're excited to have you aboard Kim. To Kim, Kim Kimberly, I know you just came up. <laughs> yeah, Kim's fine. Yeah. back and forth. No, that's fine. To have your ideas. And I think all those... I'm really excited for this program. I'm happy that it's continuing. I think it's needed. We need to hear these voices. It's not just the people who are talking. We need to hear, because there is time for feedback. And Greg Coogan, we actually talked a bit this morning about the Senate uh, on Youth and Young Adults, and he gave us some feedback on a survey that's taking young adults in our diocese. So this is such a time for learning about young adults, for the church to learn about young adults, and come out, come out, and if you can, camdiocese.org, mm-hmm. forget what the official website is. If you, the, if you go to camdiocese.org, you'll, you'll find everything. Oh, how can we, we are there on social media, too. We are. Theology on Tap, SJ, mm-hmm. on Facebook, and Theology on Tap, SJ, on Twitter, so it's the same. Um, Easy to remember. Yes. The, uh, and and uh, as we're wrapping up the podcast right now, uh, you know, it's good to see that you're you're hitting everybody at every level, you know, youth, yeah. young adult, older young adult. Really, you know, it's good that there's going to be a similar voice talking to all those groups. I, I think I think you'll find that beneficial as those younger kids get older and older and older just to see the, you know, a consistent voice being part of yeah. Their their Catholic formation. I was going to say that that too. You you cover about two three decades practically with your formation. Yeah, I guess I never thought of it that way. It's, you know, I, I guess. I think that's a good thing. And I think it, and who knows maybe you'll run a senior ministry one day. <laughs> you know, you know hey, there you go. Every aspect. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, that's uh, so Pete. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, we have to wrap up now. Uh, do you have your three questions chambered for uh, yes, Kim? And I think for the next one, this could be the last three questions that we do without any intro music. Because I'm holding out. I want to hold out for... Okay, I'm just letting you know, I'm the producer, and you're going to have to go on strike, and I'm going to replace you. So, (laughs) (laughs) you're not going to win. But but that was a nice try, though. That was good. Well, I will bring my keyboard next week when we record the next one. I'm going to come up with a little So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be uh, uh, having open auditions for a new podcast host coming soon. Uh, Keep keep an eye on social media for that. Um, Well, the three questions... uh, Kimberly, without further ado, uh, without music, um, it's just so boring. Uh, it's, um, Pete, you desperately want us to turn into a morning uh, zoo, don't you? Morning zoo radio show. Morning zoo? Yeah, that's a... Uh, I'm kind of feeling the music. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like the, Should we like, start this with a rooster mic? No. Good morning! Morning zoo is what... Uh, that's the old MMR, WISP, Howard Cern kind of thing with, with stuff going... Music going off in the background and, you know, prank phone calls and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, geez. Morning zoo. I actually... You never heard that term before? No. I oh. love it. I think of, um, I don't know if anybody watches I can't talk yes. to millennials. How there do people Zubilee not know this? Zoo. <laughs> this is terrible. Anybody know Zubilee Zoo? Oh, yeah, I know that show. Yeah, the sure. little kids. The, of course. Yeah, the, it was kind of weird. Morning Zoo. I'm, that's Look, Google it when so, you get home. Ask, ask Alexa or Siri about yeah. it. I'll tell you everything you need to know. Okay. So, finally, well, the three questions now after that. Ban- <laughs> no, that was fun. Um, always a good time. We just... 
This is we just never know how a conversation will flow. It's great. It's organic. Uh, Kimberly, um, first question is Mike and I at the beginning of the show talked about the beginning of the fall season, what we enjoy about it. Um, do you have a favorite part of the fall? Hmm. Uh, the weather, I really, I forgot how many hot days it can bring where it's cool in the morning, but really hot in the afternoon. So I do enjoy a little cooler mornings. Uh, the leaves changing, I think it's very symbolic spiritually, uh, entering into a new season. And it's just a great time. I'm not a huge pumpkin spice fan, Mike, like you can <laughs> no, no, yourself. I didn't really yeah. get on the bandwagon with that either. But, uh, but no, I do, I do like, I really do like this time of year. It's, it's exciting. It's I think it's about new beginnings, and it's a good time of year. And in my case, it's also the worst time to go on a diet, which I usually <laughs> did because it just occurred to me that all the fall food is what I like the most, and there ain't none of it that's skinny. And all I want is an apple pie. Just think, you know, in a couple months, and Thanksgiving and the holidays. I know. Some, somebody made a good point. What's you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas should be combined into one because really, it does make sense. Like you go, you get together, you eat a whole lot. And then a month later, you do it all again. Like, that, Wait, is that why, a little too much? No. Why would you combine them? They should be separate. <laughs> oh, and and by the way, sounds... did you notice Halloween the month earlier? That, that's oh, get, that's, that's, right. per, that's three get, months of joy there, right. pal. First October, people get hopped up on candy. That's right. Then November, <laughs> let's get hopped up on butternut squash and tryptophan and turkey right. and all that. <laughs> and then Christmas... How about we just combine the sweets and the turkey and the ham? All right. To, if you would like to be a podcast host of Talking Catholic, because I'm really going to have to get rid of uh, Pete here. All right. What, we talking about what was your talking? second question? Let's move on. Yes. Sorry, I ranted. I'm, I'm, I just think it's kind of – anyway, maybe we'll make this bonus content one day, Mike. Anyway, there you go. Um, Kimberly, the next question is uh, what do you um, – Who do you have a favorite saint to, or favorite prayer? I do. Uh, I think, namely, uh, the Blessed Mother. I don't. She's absolutely always my my first go-to. She's our our Heavenly Mother, and uh, it's just it's a, a love that's very real for all of her her children. Anyone that maybe does not feel a particular devotion to her, I would definitely encourage that. Um, and alongside her, I'm a huge fan of Saint Therese, Little Flower, and Saint Pio. They are two mm-hmm. saints that. Uh, I just feel a very deep relationship with, and and they always come through with prayers and intercessions, and uh, their lives are, are beautiful, and they give a lot of great examples of how to live the faith. Oh, the excellent. And, and for St. Pio, the, his feast day was last weekend. Were you at the festival in Bible? I love the festival. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it, uh, but yes, yeah, I'm very familiar with that festival. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Well, do a good job. Uh, so in the last question, Kimberly, we try to – I'm curious to know how people – do you have a favorite quote? Uh, do you have life advice you can share inspiring the people on this journey? So uh, the scripture that I post on my email is uh, Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build one another up. You know, that that scripture I feel is so important and – I think we can tend to listen to a lot of negativity and and share it and uh, maybe for some even dwell on it, but to really build up another person and 
especially the ones that we're closest to, because it's easy to see their faults, you know, the ones that, that we live most closely with. And it's easy to focus on the faults or the little irritations here and there. But to take the other side and to build them up and to focus on their, their good aspects and their gifts from God, that can change a person, truly, truly change a person. I know even for myself, uh, at times when I hear encouragement and uh, just how much it really does build me up as, as a person, especially from people that I'm close with. So that scripture right there is is everything for me, and I think that's so important. Uh, I try and live it. I fail very often, but I do try and, and live that, and I think that uh, it's really pivotal, especially working with youth. They have to be built up. They're, they're insecure. They're facing a lot. They're coming from broken families. They need to be built up. And there can be so much noise. That scripture is beautiful for those with this culture, with the noise. There's bullying, cyberbullying, and there's just so much negativity. Uh, it's the positivity to not only, you know, encourage. It's a big circle, you know. Yes, encourage absolutely. somebody passing on. No pay it forward. That's it. Kimberly, thank you so much. This oh, was such pleasure. a pleasure. Yeah, thank career. you so much for coming down. I really oh, appreciate it. This is wonderful. I think Mike and I are going to get some pumpkin spice now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can introduce everyone to Penza Pie right up the road. We can all get our <laughs> apple, cheese, ricotta. Oh, the ricotta cheese pie is so good. Uh, and uh, I don't even—I don't think they make a pumpkin pie, but the the double crunch. Uh, apple pie at Red Barn Penza Pies is to die for. So uh, I encourage everyone to go. Okay. Well, what was the first one? First was the seafood, and now it's oh, so Val Seafood and Sewell and Penza Pies in Hamilton, New Jersey. You will not go wrong. That sounds seafood and pies. The magic words. <laughs> that, I think. Can I honestly say I've never put those two together? But no, all right, all right. Well, I don't know. Savory, a savory seafood pie would be delicious. Uh, <laughs> wow, well, I got nothing to add to that. That's another episode. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's a chowder. But all right, we'll go. Oh man! Well, the, thank, well, thank you, so you very much, Kim. This was oh, this was pleasure. fantastic. Thank you for me. No, no, no. Thank you for for allowing us to come down and chat with you and Pete. Thanks for another good podcast. You too, Mike. It's always a pleasure. I always look forward to doing this, and you had such a great Kimberly. Thanks again. Oh, my and, pleasure. Uh, thank you, Pete. Everybody, have a great week, and we'll catch up with you soon. God bless.